so just as uh, um, Sharon was saying, he says, men of Israel, so again, addressing people who identify themselves as uh, sons of Jacob, why do you stare at us as though at this, why, uh, by our own power, piety, we've been walk. So Peter's being very clear, it's not in us at all. There's nothing special about us. Um, and again, we have to be very, let's, let's not take that for granted. Me, I'm very quick to like want credit. Oh yeah, yeah, I did this for God. I did this for God. I'm so talented. I'm so easy to, to, to do that. I mean, being prideful myself, it's so easy to um, want glory and credit. But um, again, Peter shows us, right, that at every opportunity, reflect glory to, to God himself. And so he's talked so, so, um, and so he's being very clear that he did not make him walk, but who has? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, right? So he's being very clear, the God that you claim to follow, the God that you identify with, right? Because all the time, Right, these these men would 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 uh, their their whole core of their identity is that we are children of Abraham. This is the land that God gave our forefather Abraham, not these Romans. <laughs> this is this is our this is our land. This is our heritage. This is our temple. This is our identity, right? Um, Ab- um Abraham and uh, Isaac and Jacob, right? These were names that. They identified with as, um, but very much in an, an exterior kind of way, right? Like I'm an American, right? Or I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Catholic, or or I'm a whatever. You know, um, they, they these things these were really just labels that they attached to themselves. Um, but where they really really understood um, what the scriptures taught about Abraham. Right, that God gave Abraham this promise. Right, that through you, uh, I, you will be a blessing to all the nations. That I will establish a people forever through you. That your offspring will be as numerous as the stars sky. Right, and so, um, and uh, so God gave Abraham this promise, and 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 Jesus was the fulfillment. Of that, he was that offspring that God promised Abraham that would reach the Gentiles, that would bring God's glory all over the earth, right? The God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, um, God of our fathers. So they're so um, so. Peter's hitting them at the very core of their identity, you know, like, hey, you guys claim to follow Abraham, but let me tell you what right, he was really about, because um, it was just a, a word. It was just names that they attach to themselves, right? Um, but um, so this God glorified his servant, Jesus. What does he mean glorified there? How did God glorify Jesus? Was that? The cross, absolutely. The cross, Jesus publicly was crucified and died in the most horrific way, was executed publicly, was buried publicly. And then on the third day, the tomb was empty. He rose again from the dead. God raised Christ up as the first, as the first fruits of the new creation of he 
Christ was raised with an imperishable, glorious, physical new body that will never die. Jesus didn't just raise and become a spiritual um, uh, apparatus. He's Jesus uh, was raised with a physical, glorified body, the, the, the kind of glorification that we all hope to have. The, you know, see our bodies, right? Our bodies are breaking down, get sick, are all are full of infirmities and we're going, our flesh is going to die, right? But the, the hope that we have is that God will take the new creation within us, the new born spirit within us and unite that with the glorified body in the return of Christ to be, to dwell forever in the new creation that Christ will establish, right? And then so um, Christ was glorified in his body. Christ was glorified in his ascension to, the, to being Lord of, over all heaven and earth. Let's turn to Revelation chapter uh, 5 really quick. And again, in Revelation 5, uh, let's just look at a couple of uh, verses here. Because this kind of ties into what, um, to what uh, Peter was saying. But he says here um, in in uh, in verse uh, in chapter five, verses verse nine, and they sang a new song, saying, "Worthy are you to open this, uh, to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language, and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom and priests." And they shall reign on the earth, right? And so, um, in this passage, Jesus ascend. Uh, John has this, this vision this, of Christ sitting on the throne of heaven, receiving the deed to heaven, of, and um, ruling over a a whole sea multitude of people of all tribes, tongues, and nations. And so, these Jews thought they had conquered Christ. He was a nuisance to them. They didn't want anything to do with him. And they thought, okay, out of sight, out of mind. Okay, this Jesus guy came through. Yeah, he did all this stuff, but we killed him. He's gone. We did it. Let's just go back to living our lives. Let's go back to our religious customs. Let's just go back to the way things were, right? They thought that they had won, right? But, you, but, 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 uh, but Peter's being very clear, no. You didn't win. This Christ that you crucified has been glorified. He's been raised and ascended to the highest place imaginable right under God himself. All authority over all heaven and all earth. Jesus Christ is king. So let me give you an update. Christ is king right now. He literally is king. It's not that he's going to be king. It's not God, Jesus going to be king one day. Jesus is king now, and he, whether you believe, whether you follow him now or not, he has authority over your life. He rules your life, even if you are in rebellion over him, even if you are uh, walking away from him, even if you are, um, uh, if you totally hate Christ, he is Lord over you right now. The question is, are you going to reconcile to this, to this king who is going to return and judge um, the living and the dead, right? Now is the time to, to make peace, right, with, with our maker, the one that we've sinned against, right? So he glorified his servant, 
Jesus, again, think about that. Jesus is the Christ who came to serve. Jesus is the king who serves, who gave his life. What other king does that? Think of any other powerful leader, any other, um, any other important person that you looked up or are under, right? How many of them would give their lives for you? How many of them would, would die, would, would suffer on your part? Jesus Christ that is, um, came from heaven, gave his life to serve us. So it just, um, it just continues to uh, magnify the, 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 the profound um, truth of, Christ, of who Jesus is, that, that in his incarnation, right, the most wonderful, exalted being came to earth to serve us. All right, whom you delivered, denied in the presence of Pilate, when he had decided to release him, so again, this is, a, this is a further indictment. Even Pilate, the, uh, the, the governor of Judea, even Pilate, who's a Gentile, who knows nothing about our customs, even Pilate said you should release him. Even Pilate said, I find nothing wrong with this man. Even Pilate said, there's not, there's, this man has done no wrong, right? In the eyes of the law, of even man's law, Jesus was completely righteous, completely just. There was nothing that Jesus did to uh, deserve what they, they did. Everything that they did to Jesus was completely um, unjustified. They had no basis for anything that they did to, um, to, to the Messiah, right? And so, um, so, so Peter's just continuing to build this case against him when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one. You denied him, right? It's not just, oh, I don't know this guy. No, he was in their face. And we said, no, they said, get this man out of our presence. Get this man out of our face. We do not want him. We don't claim him. He says he's the Messiah. He's not our Messiah. He says he's the king. He's not our king. We deny anything to do with this man, right? And so, um, so they denied Jesus, who is the holy and righteous one. Now think about that. No, the holiness of God. Have you ever really thought about what holiness is? Okay. It's not just, um, you know, just acting reverentially or speaking, oh, thou is Lord, or like, you know, acting um, in a certain pious way. Um, the holiness of God is, 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 God, is God's supreme attribute. Turn to Isaiah 6 really quick. Isaiah 6. Isaiah chapter 6. All right, and I'll just go ahead and read. In the year that King Uzziah died, I, Isaiah, saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train above his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one called to the other and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people 
of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So a couple things here to note about God's holiness is that it's terrifying. The fullness of God's holiness is a terrifying thing, not something to be taken lightly. A lot of times we're very quick to talk about God's love and his mercy and his compassion and amen. God is all those things, but they are, they are, in, um, they are in harmony, in contingency with his holiness. God is this supreme, all-powerful, pure Lord that even the angels cannot even look upon him without covering their eyes. Um, you remember Moses in the burning bush uh, when, when God revealed himself. He said, Moses, take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. Um, in the whole tabernacle, um, the, in, and, and the temple, there was the Holy of Holies that only once a year the high priest could enter. And only after he had been totally cleansed and, and walked in with the garments um, of, the, the, of the, the holy garments to come before the Lord. And he had to come in in a very special way. And if there was any iniquity found with him, God would strike him dead right there because he's entering the presence of God's holiness. Um, when they carried the ark, the ark was was holy. It was not even to be touched. And when, when Uzzah, when, when they were dropping the ark and Uzzah tried to catch the ark and, um, and keep it from falling, Uzzah fell down and died. Why? Because he was unclean. And that is how God reveals his holiness to us in that um, we sinners cannot enter the presence of a holy God because in our we are not good. We are not worthy to enter his presence. It's only by what God did to initiate righteousness for us, to bring us in through his plan of salvation, by giving his son for us, that we can be brought in by Christ's work, not ourselves. And so for, for Peter to call Jesus the Holy One is no small thing. He is calling Jesus God himself. God alone is holy and righteous. There is no iniquity in God. There is no wrong in God at all. God alone is good, right? Um, and again, he's speaking to people who thought of themselves as holy and righteous. We are the holy people of God. We are the children of Abraham. We are the ones with the promise. God, we are so special. The Gentiles, Gentiles are filthy. And so we are going to separate ourselves from them in every way. We are going to follow our holy customs. And God's going to look upon us and see how holy we are and how pious we are. And, oh, he's just going to bless us when uh, he's just, he's just going to bless our socks off when, um, uh, when he sees how holy we are and how righteous we are, right? They lived by their own self-righteousness. If we follow the law, if we follow these steps, if we, if we, uh, if we wear these things, if we eat these foods, then oh, we are righteous, right? It's, they, they based all of their identity on their external works, on, their, on the things that they did, while all inside they were whitewashed tombs, Jesus said. They were hypocrites, right? They, they, they claimed to be holy. They claimed to, um, to uh, be faithful, right? But all the while, the Holy One and the Righteous One was right in their face. And they denied him. And not only that, they asked for the, a murderer to be granted to them. 
they asked for Barabbas to be uh, to come to them, right? Um, uh, so not only did they renounce the one who was holy, they wanted a murderer to be given to them. They want they would rather have uh, this insurrectionist, this wicked man, be released than to um, than to acknowledge and receive and and follow. Uh, the, the, the Messiah that God sent. He also, um, and so again, uh, and as uh, um, we said, they killed the author of life whom God raised and then, and to this we are witnesses. And so what is this? This is an indictment against the Jews. This is a judgment upon them. These are the people, these are the people in the crowd who cried out, crucify him, who cried out away with him, who condemned Jesus to death. These are the people in the crowd that were riled up, the people that were led to, um, to, to turn against Jesus and, and deliver him. These were the very same people. These people had seen Jesus. Jesus had ministered in the temple. Jesus had been there. Jesus had driven uh, Jesus had driven out uh, the money changers. Jesus had um, had uh, prophesied there. He'd healed there, right? Jesus, they knew this person, Jesus. They were well aware of who Christ was, and they were going about their lives. La-di-da. Okay, let's not talk about that. We, we know that thing with Jesus. Did. We all were there, and we saw him crucified, and Okay, but out of sight, out of mind, let's just go back to our, let's go back to our customs and let's just live lives. And so these people went to the temple. You see, these people were at the temple. They, they would pray every day. They were pious. They were, they had the external look of, 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 of faithful, God-honoring people. And just think about that, guys, of how deceived you or I could be about our salvation. That is how this is, when we look at um, when we look at this indictment against them, it just reveals how disillusioned they were in their sin. This is us. This is us. If you or I had been there, that would have been us. <laughs> if God had not imparted grace to us, if God had not opened our eyes, that is our attitude towards God. It really is. We. Every single one of us walks and lives according by our own self-righteousness. Even, even, even in our day, right? Even, even atheists have their idea of morality, right? They, they don't want to be told that, oh, you know, I, they, I'm an atheist, but you can't say I have, I have no morals, that, I, that I, I don't know right from wrong. I know right from wrong. And I'm like, I know you know right from wrong. The point is you can't explain why you know right from wrong. Um, but we all have this uh, attitude in, in our sin to justify ourselves apart from God, to, to, um, to, uh, to deny his holiness, to deny his righteousness, and, 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 and seek to live by our own. And we all, um, in our sin, are tempted to live under this disillusionment, right? That we are good. We're good people. And right here, these people who, who knew the scriptures, who very faithfully followed 
God's law, we're so far from true faith. We're so far <laughs> from God's promise. And, and this is a wake-up call for them. This is an indictment. This is a judgment. Now, if, if they were to do this to any other king, if they were to do this to any other ruler, if they were to do this to Caesar, would Caesar have just let them go? Would Caesar have forgiven them? If, you know, if anything, Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan, think of any king you can think of. Who, say, if they had killed their son, what, what, what would the king do? He'd come and kill them. He'd, he'd perhaps, he'd, he wouldn't even think twice. I wouldn't think twice. If you do that to my son, I would, I would think twice. Boom. You know what I mean? But to these worst of sinners who committed the most heinous act in human history, the grace of God comes to them first. The grace of God comes to them. I mean, of all people that, that Jesus probably wouldn't want anything to do with, yeah, these people put me on a cross. These, I saw these people in the crowd. They hurled insults at me. They, um, they mocked me. They, 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 they stood by as I was whipped. Like Jesus, man, Jesus came to them and said, if you repent, therefore, turn back. Your sins may be blotted out. Blotted out. Wiped away clean. Guys, this is the inexplicable grace that God alone <laughs> provides. That to his enemies, to those that hate him, those that reject him, those of us who have, um, for, who have just been at enmity with him, right? That he gave his own son to provide the righteousness that we need to give us grace to open our eyes, to lead us to repentance, to draw us to him. This is, God's grace is profound. I mean, to the, to the very people who crucified him, Jesus goes first, sends his messenger first to call them to salvation. Through what? Through their righteousness? Through their works? No, by faith. By faith in his name. The same faith that made this man's legs strong, that revitalized him, right? That did this miracle to give him new flesh, new muscles, new bones, new cartilage, new nerves, whatever, whatever it is that made him walk. It, he was regenerated in his physical body. And from, he went from being lame, disabled, unable to do anything but draw pity, right? This man thriving, leaping, Praising God. And it's that faith that does the same in our hearts. You might have walked in here just feeling completely dead. And even now, there's things that are in your life that you're struggling to, to be real with God about. It's like, no, Lord, don't touch that in my life. You cannot have that, God. Yes, I'll do this God thing. I'll do that God thing. But not this. You cannot touch this, Lord. <laughs> in my life. You cannot, you cannot have this, or I will not do that, right? There's, there's still this rebellion between you and him. And I pray that today that, that the same faith that, that raised this man from, um, his, from his ability, right, would, would give, would, would revive your heart today, that you would know God's inexplicable, 
inexplicable love that you would be renewed in his strength, that you would be lifted up by the power of his resurrection. And so, again, if there's um, anybody here today, right, who's you've, you've been coming, or maybe it's your first time, and if you're real about it, you know that, you, that there's this enmity between you and God, that there is this hostility. And you cannot imagine <laughs> being one of those Christians. I can't do that Christian thing. I, I can't follow the Bible. I can't do that. Right? That's the thing about faith, guys. God gives you the faith you need. <laughs> ask for it. Just ask. Admit it. God, I don't want this. I, don't, I can't do this. This seems impossible. I'm so set in my ways, and, I'm, and my sin is so bad. There's no way God can do this for me. There's no way that God can, can change me. There's no way that God can forgive me. Guys, look, look, what, look, look at the people that Peter came to, the very people that crucified the Messiah. The very people who put Jesus on the cross are the very first ones that receive his grace. How about that? And so, please, Jesus didn't shed his blood so that he can be picky and, be, and have nothing to do with this. Why would he do that? No, he wants to bring you in. He wants to forgive you. He wants to feed you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to restore you. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants to give you what this world can never give you, eternal, imperishable hope, a, a hope that does not change amidst the worst of things, a hope, a, a faith that when the world takes everything away, that we still say God is good. We witnessed that today. Only God can provide that. And it's, and it's a faith that he provides. So friends today, please don't walk out of here tonight just saying, oh yeah, okay, did the Bible thing. And seriously, ask God for the faith that you need. We all need it. And um, so tonight is, um, I'm just going to go ahead and stop there. But, um, and I have, I guess, press. there's so much I wanted to jump into, man. I wanted to jump into Abraham. I want to jump into Moses and Samuel and all this stuff. But I'll let Pastor Chris have fun with that. So, yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead and stop there. And uh, we'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for, um, for your word. Lord, how amazing is your grace. Truly, that is us who denied you. That is us who put you on the cross. Lord, we are just the same. <laughs> and yet, Lord, you came to us. You initiated salvation for us. Lord, we would never have sought you. You sought out uh, us. Lord, these people in the temple, they were going to the temple seeking their own self-righteousness, Lord. They were not seeking Christ, but Christ sought them out. Lord, what other God, what other king seeks out his enemies to give them mercy, to bring them into his kingdom by his own suffering, by his own blood, by giving his own life for them? Lord, what other, what other God, what other, what other belief possibly gives us that kind of assurance? And thank you, Father, that 
that Lord, it is your power that works within us. It is your Holy Spirit that even gives us faith to believe, faith to repent, faith to be broken, faith to receive, faith to see, faith to hear and understand. Lord God, your the faith that Peter spoke about, Lord, it was given to the man. <laughs> and it made him well. And we just pray, Father God, that today by faith in the name of Christ, not just a name that we attach, not to ourselves, not just a name that we wear as an exterior badge, but truly knowing the good shepherd, knowing the king who serves us and loves us, that we would entrust ourselves to him and that whatever we lack, whatever we, whatever we are wanting of, it is found in him alone. So Father God, provide the righteousness, Lord, that we need. Continue, Lord, to make us holy. You alone are holy, Lord. Father, conform us to your holiness through your spirit. Lord God, cleanse this church of all that is unholy, all in every way, Lord, that we trust in ourselves, every way that we, Lord, think that we are living a good life by our own estimation, by our own system, by our own social customs. Father, please just break that down and cleanse us of that. In any way, Lord, that we are just worshiping the things of this world, please demolish our idols, crucify our flesh, and Lord, do whatever needs to be done to break us free of, of whatever we worship besides you. So Lord, continue, Lord, to glorify your servant, Jesus, the servant who sits upon the throne, the throne that you have made king. Glorify him here, Lord, through us in the life that we live together. May the world know that we are his disciples through the love that we show one another and in the boldness of the truth that we proclaim. So Father, we thank you for this time now, and we uh, just pray that you would just fill our time, Lord, now with just times of... Uh, just love, fellowship as we um, gather in your name. Christ, and we pray. Amen.